Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. I'm kicking off a new series called This is Tree. Uh, Anniversary gives me an opportunity just to look and see, uh, you know, what God's been speaking and see where are we on point? Because we know it's easy to drift. We know there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of things out there. But we want to be about what God wants us to be about. We're We're Tree of Life Church. We're not comparing or trying to be or competing with any other church. In fact, we're just trying to be the best Tree of Life Church we can possibly be. That's all God asks. And so we want to make sure, are we on uh, on mission? Because even though in 37 years, as my mom said, some things change, the vision never changes. The intent and purpose of God never, ever changes. But we know that we live in a changing society and a changing culture. In fact, 37 years, I was thinking, that's almost four decades. I can't believe I'm as young as I am and lead all of you, you know, and stuff. But, but that, we've seen a lot. Some of you have been here almost all those or all those years, and you've seen a lot of change. But I think our, I believe our heart, our core is still the same. And I want to share that with you this morning and in the upcoming weeks. And actually, Proverbs 11.30 is the foundational scripture of this church. I'm not sure if you know that or not. Um, some of you that are newer may not. But that's where the, tree, the, word, the name, rather, Tree of Life comes from. I know we have a, a life scripture out on the wall out there, Jeremiah. And so that should be all of our life scripture as well. But here's really, this scripture is where the, the founding of the church came from, the name. And so let me read that for you. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. uh, The King James Version says, he who wins souls is wise. Let's talk about this for a second, because I believe this is who we are and who we strive to be. This is what we make decisions out of, the the idea behind this scripture. I want to share that with you to help understand who we are and where we're going. The fruit of the righteous, we're not righteous. Righteous means right standing with God. We're not righteous in anything that we can do. We could never be good enough to do away with our sin. We could never pay for our sin. We couldn't earn our way into heaven or into a relationship with the heavenly father without the work of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that we're not righteous in and of our own righteousness. We are the righteousness of Christ. Amen. That we have his righteousness because of his work. When God looks at you and I, he sees righteousness through the blood of Jesus. Jesus enabled us by paying for our sin to be righteous before God. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Aren't you thankful for that? That's the only way that happens because we in and of ourselves, we could not become that. And it says the fruit of the righteous, that means that we are to bear a certain kind of fruit, that that righteousness that we walk in, that gratitude, that humility, that giving of life that Jesus gave needs to be reflected in our life. It's the fruit by which we live. Your life produces fruit, doesn't it? It does. It either produces sweet fruit or bitter fruit. Come on, every single person, parent probably in here did this at some point in time with their children. You remember cutting up a lemon and putting it in your kid's mouth and then videotaping it or asking your friends, hey, watch this, watch this. Hey, come here, kids, come here. Watch this, right? I saw an Instagram thing and they did it with a dog and dog, I thought dogs were gonna bite the guy's arm off. Like, what were you putting in my mouth? You know, it's like, and can I tell you, it's for too long, it's too sad that too many people, Christians and too many churches walk around like they're sucking on lemons. It's like, what is that? What fruit have you produced? And, and there's nothing life-giving there. And, and, I, and I believe that's not as God intended. And so we're, we're to produce the life that Jesus produced. That's supposed to be reflective in our life. And it says the result of this is lives will be changed. It's important for you to live a life connected with Jesus that you reflect his life so others will know and want what you have, the want to eat of that fruit. That is the mission and vision of this church. I believe that's who we've been. And we've had to make adjustments. Can I, can I say we have to change to stay the same? 
The core is the same, but what we do has to change at times so we can continue to be life-giving to the, to the culture and the world that we live in today. We still have the same core. We still have the same value. I want to share that with you and what it might look like and what that seems, but I, I believe so strongly in this message. I believe it's who we've been our whole life. In fact, um, in the scripture, Jesus addresses this with the religious crowd. Interestingly enough, it's gonna be a funny segue from that scripture into the one I'm gonna give you now. But here's a moment, there's several moments in the Bible where Jesus got really frustrated with the religious crowd. Isn't it interesting that when you see Jesus fired up or frustrated, it's never with the worldly, the world or the sinners. He loved them. I mean, it's like, it's those religious people. It's like, ah, what are you doing? And I think it's because they forgot what this is really all about and which we all can do. And so Jesus addresses this in Matthew, and let's take a look at this scripture. Uh, take a look over Matthew 23. Here's what it says, 25 through 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He's talking to the religious people. He's getting fired up at the religious crowd here. You hypocrites, pretty strong language. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but in the inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. What a great, happy anniversary tree life. That's a great passage of scripture, Pastor. Thank you for bringing that today. Hang in there with me. Blind Pharisee, he's saying that you don't even know what this is all about. You're going through the motions. You're doing the right things and saying the right thing, but I want you to be the right thing. You're focusing on external things, and he goes, you don't even realize it. Blind Pharisees, we can all slip into that. It's easy to slip into your Christian walk of just going through the motions. It's easy as a church just to go through the motions and miss the life that Jesus is. See, we don't want to just go to church. We want to be the church. We don't want to just do church. It says, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will clean. He says, you're trying to work everything externally and have it come internally. It doesn't work that way. And that is the truth for a lot of Christianity and a lot of churches, and it's easy even for us at times to focus on doing external things and expect an internal change. And Jesus says, it doesn't work that way. You need to focus on the inside and let it come outside. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. Jesus is sitting on the mountain. He's looking out over the, the, the uh, grave, uh, the, the hillside with the graves and the tombs. We've been there in Israel, and, and it's really actually out, looks beautiful. They, they keep it really nice. And he's saying, he's looking at him, he's saying, you're like that whitewashed tomb, nice and pretty on the inside. He goes, but you can't dress it up on the outside and expect there to be life on the inside. He says, you can't just try and make it look alive and seem alive. It has to be alive from the inside out. No matter how you dress up a grave, it's still a grave with dead on the inside. He says, that's not where you find life. That's what we don't, we don't want to be those people. We don't, we're just going through the motions. And so we create environments here. We create opportunity to connect and to serve and to give and to pray and do all those things. Why? Because we want to connect you to the source of life, who is Jesus. It's not about coming and doing programs and processes. It's coming and connecting with the person of Jesus Christ. And so we structure ourselves. We create environments so you can have an encounter with God. That's why last week we had Encounter Sunday, because sometimes we just get in routines and we don't even see it ourselves. And so we created a moment, maybe you didn't know you needed it, but we all needed that moment to connect with him, because it's easy just to go through the routine. Can I tell you, we can, hey, we're, we're, we're church professionals. We can be church. I know exactly we're going to come and we're going to do this. We're going to sing these. We're going to sing two fast songs. We're going to sing one or two slow songs. We're going to do this. We're going to do the offering at the end. Oh, I love that song. Ah, oh, that one, you know, okay. And this and that. The message, he's going a little bit long today. He's talking fast. You know, all that kind of stuff. Hey, listen, we're, we're good at doing church. Can I tell you, it's not about doing church. It's about being the church. He's more about you connecting with him and living out of a life connected to Jesus. 
and we're not perfect and we don't do it right, don't do it good, but we evaluate everything we do based on this idea, this thought, that it's easy for us to slip into dressing up the outside and neglecting what's on the inside. And so we wanna connect people to Jesus. We're not, we're not trying to connect people to Tree of Life Church, we're trying to connect people with Jesus. We're trying to connect your marriage to Jesus. We're trying to connect your family, your kids to Jesus. We're trying to connect you to Jesus so you can live out of that because out of that fruit then it impacts the lives around about you. And so he's getting on these guys and, and he's telling them, listen, something has to change here. You're not doing this the right way. There's kind of two different thoughts here. It's the religious way or the relationship way. Well, let's take a look in Hebrews 8, 7 through 13. He's talking about there needs to be something different. So he talks, he says this here. He says, for if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, keeping those rules, keeping those laws, if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another one. There wouldn't need another one. But God found fault with the people and said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors or the old covenant when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. It said, and the old covenant, the old way, it was them being led by external things. That's why God had to part the Red Sea. That's why the burning bush, there's these big miraculous demonstrations. That's why a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of cloud uh, fire by night. And, and, and people were led externally. And God says that, that wasn't enough. They didn't stay faith, faithful to that. And can I say this? They couldn't have really stayed faithful to that because that's all externally motivated. But the new covenant where Jesus came and gave his life and sent, his, and sent the Holy Spirit as a covenant that we have with Jesus, through Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And so now God leads us from the inside out, not from the outside in. The problem is we're more comfortable with trying to be led by the outside in. And then we miss the life of Christ. We're not trying to lead this church or create processes or programs to lead you externally. We're trying to connect you to Jesus so you can be led internally. Be led from that life of Jesus on the inside of you. That's why we gotta connect you. And so there are things that we create, environments we create, that we have some things that we believe will help you. That's why we've done some of the things that we've done. For those of you who know that don't know why, why did, we, why did we do away with the Wednesday night service? So I still hear that question and stuff. Can I tell you, it was the hardest on me. I grew up doing Wednesday night services. I mean, when the church first started, yeah, my mom's like, amen in that, right? <laughs> Mom's still upset with me. I'm not sure, Mom. But let it go, Mom. Let it go. And so I remember, I remember, I remember that that was hard for me because Tree Life always had a Wednesday night service. Always. You're, my dad had a Wednesday night service. My mom had a Wednesday night service. I've had a Wednesday night service. And all of a sudden, I just really feel compelled that we need to connect people not to a service but to each other relationally. So we tried to create a system of life groups and a way to get people connected. Now, you'll choose if you do that or not. That's your choice. But I felt we needed to create an environment where we could connect more relationally. Or if nothing else, maybe that's the one night then a week instead of being at church. You're having family time. Can I tell you, praise the Lord. Have family time then and connect. That's that life, love, and power of Jesus. That's why we dress down a little different. It does, it's not so much how we dress. It's, it's, it's connecting people to the life of Jesus, not dressing a certain way or the expectation of it. Now, and I wore a coat today because, well, it's, it's anniversary Sunday, and I was sending somebody in. And it's been a long time since I could wear a coat and button it. Just let me tell you, it's been a long time. I'm liking that, yeah. No long, hey, no longer are the people at front row at risk if I would button that old coat. Watch out. I'm telling you. 
But listen, there's a lot of changes that we make, and it's so we can connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. I believe that's always been the heart of tree life. I know that was the heart of my dad and my mom. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about, it was connecting people to Jesus. That's the difference maker. Let me use this illustration. It's like um, my kids, I had two daughters. In fact, today, anniversary week is always a, an interesting one for the Duncans. We celebrate the church anniversary. At the same time, we acknowledge my dad's homegoing 22 years ago, happened during anniversary week. Can't, can't believe it's been 22 years. At the same time, today, in fact, is my youngest daughter's birthday. So it's a crazy time. She's 18 today. If you see Camry, tell her happy birthday. 18. Now, church anniversary doesn't make me old, but now I only have adult children. That kind of, you know, the, the ones that are like, hey, man, brother. Yeah, I saw, that. I saw that lady over there nodding her head. Yeah. So and I, when I'm raising my kids and stuff, I, we have rules and boundaries. We have their whole life, and, and so we've set those in place, and you need to. I mean, you have to have them because they're, they're growing and maturing. They don't know enough, and so you set boundaries to help them along the way, and as they get older, maybe you release a few as they, they become more responsible and they get mature. But can I tell you, my whole heart in parenting my children from the time they're young to now the opportunity, I'm not wanting them just to obey a set of rules and regulations I have. I, I don't want them to do that out of fear of the consequences. I want them to do the right thing out of love for me. I, I don't want to have them follow rules their whole life because I'm not going to always be around. And when I'm not around, I want them to make the decision when the fear of consequences, in a sense, from dad is removed, are they going to do the right thing? I remember that my dad, I felt parented that way. And I didn't want to do wrong, not because of the consequences. <laughs> there was consequences, believe me. My dad was a Vietnam vet. He knew how to use the rod. Can I tell you? I mean, it's like, spare the rod, spoil the child. Amy, got really, Amy was really spoiled. And... Uh, <laughs> Jeff was the exact opposite. He got the rod a lot. I mean, just I'm saying that right there. But I, I never, I, I, I did the best I could because I didn't want to disappoint my dad. And I think that's that, that relationship that you live out of. And I remember one time doing something wrong and my dad came in my room and said, son, I want to tell you right now, I learned 17 ways to kill a man with my bare hands in Vietnam. You understand me? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, dad. Yes, I do, I do, I do. And then once I composed myself, I said, oh, dad, before you go, there's some things about Jeff I want to tell you. <laughs> he sneaks out at night. The chair's right outside the window. If you go on the side of the house, you'll see it. He, he doesn't think you're smart enough to figure it out. But I just should know, dad. You should know. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. I am. I think, also, I think he experienced all 17 ways and then some. My dad came up with a few. Thank goodness my mom's giver of life and raised them back. But... Uh, but, but that's, God, God, it's not about what Jesus is saying when he's challenging the religious leaders, when I believe he's challenging us today, it's about the relationship with him. So we're trying to create environments that we can create life-giving moments that you connect with Jesus. And so you live your life out of your relationship with Jesus, not out of a set of do's and don'ts and rules and regulations, but it's easy for us to slip into it. It's easy, right? Because human nature for you and I are that it's easy just to follow. Just tell me where I'm supposed to go. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And in fact, just honestly, we, we kind of like that somewhat, but even when we have that, we don't really want to follow them. I mean, when we leave here today, we'll see signs all over the place that'll tell us where to go, turn here and don't go over this speed. And, and then we'll, but we'll still push it, right? We know what the rule is, but we'll still push it. Not me, officers. Thank you for being here out in the gathering place. I don't, but we push it. <laughs> My wife, but we push it a little bit. We'll even know where they sit and wait, right? You'll even know where they sit and wait. And you'll slow down and then you'll speed. Our human nature likes that have all this, but still violate it. And God says, that's not the way to live. That's not how I want my church. It's not how I want my people. 
I want you to live out of a loving, personal relationship with me. And so I believe that what we've seen through the leadership of this church over the years and on today into our future is we work really hard to try and keep that the main thing and keep everybody creating environments, everybody opportunities to connect with Jesus himself. That's really what it's all about. So we make decisions on into the future in our planning that we're trying to find better ways to connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus if you'll let us. If you'll let us. And so that's what we believe here at Tree of Life. So kind of, let me tell you real quick, what does that look like a little bit? I want to just give you a few things uh, before we close, and then we'll, we'll jump back into this um, next week and on into the rest of the month. But listen, God's not looking for controlled behavior, but changed hearts. And so let's keep that in mind. And God wants that, that loving, personal relationship. In fact, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so from the very beginning, the very beginning of time, God set this choice in front of man. I mean, the very first conversation God had with man and woman in the garden is when God brought them and said, listen, you can eat of any tree in the garden, anything you like, anything in here, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life were in the middle of the garden, in the middle. And so I believe there was the two choices God set before them from the beginning, the tree of life, which basically spoke, life speaks to relationship with Jesus. He wants us to live out of that relationship, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but good and evil. It wasn't just a tree of evil, but it was a tree of good. And out of that, I believe, was then man had the ability or man then would take the opportunity to set their own boundaries on what they thought was good. Can I tell you, there's things in this world that man says is good that God says is not. And if we live out of that relationship with God, we don't have to have so much a set of do's and don'ts as we'll look and see what God would think. What's the character and nature of God say? What does the scripture say? Because this world is now defining more and more things that we thought were evil, the world's calling more and more of those things good. And so that's a moving target. And so we can't regulate or legislate everything around that. It's constantly changing, but God is unchanging. And so we can connect with him, the unchanging God, and live out of that relationship. And so from the beginning of time, he gave, the first conversation was this man and woman, and he said, he said the first thing he says, you can live out of the tree of life, or you can live out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And oh, by the way, if you partake of this tree, you shall surely die. He didn't mean that you're gonna lose your physical life. He meant that you're gonna hinder your relationship with him. You're gonna be relationally dead, spiritually dead from him. Now Jesus came and gave us away, but listen, what he's saying is live out of the tree of life, not out of something of a worldview which changes constantly, and then it's based on your decision on what's good and what's bad. And so that's what we have to keep in mind, and that's what we try and create. We wanna create things that you will, you will follow God, not out of duty, but out of delight. That you'll delight in following after him. See, that's where the challenge is today, to do church or be the church. And so we, we, we want to do things, we want to encourage you in this. Uh, one, living out of these two trees, one, the tree of life, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One focuses on what you do, and one focuses on what Jesus has done. I'm thankful for what Jesus did. I'm thankful for the sacrifice. I'm thankful for paying the price for me. One focuses on getting God's approval. You can't earn your way into heaven. And one focuses on receiving God's love. Can I tell you, he's already approved of you by sending Jesus. He doesn't approve of the lifestyle, perhaps. He doesn't approve of the sin, but he approves of you, so he paid for that. And so you, you, you have his love. You, you can be accepted by God, by a relationship with him. He knows everything about us and still loves us. You need to know that because our view of God will determine our relationship with him. And then we need to know this, that 
One focuses on external duty and one focuses on internal desire. It is a joy of my life. I don't get up here every Sunday or Sunday that I'm here because I have to. It's my job. I have to do this on Sunday. Oh, I got to do this again. Can I tell you, it really is the joy of my life. The six weeks that I was not in the pulpit, we had so many great speakers. My mom, my wife, so many of the staff spoke fantastic messages. I couldn't wait to get back in the pulpit because it really is not a duty but a delight for me. That's God wants you to live out of that. It is not a have to, it's a get to. A relationship with Jesus that brings that life that we live out of that. Let me give you in closing these three things. How, living in the tree of life. How do you live in the tree of life? Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Think about who he is and what he's done. Think about he paid your price for sin. Hey, last time I looked, nobody else was standing in line to pray, put their life down for my sin. And I dare say nobody will. Can I tell you, I love you guys, but I'm not standing in line to put my life out there for your life, your sin. But Jesus did. Jesus, as much as I love you, but Jesus did. Fall in love with Jesus more and more. Every time you come here, don't do it out of religious duty. Do it out of opportunity to fall more in love with Jesus. That's what we want to We want to create those environments. Don't allow, number two, don't allow condemnation. Don't allow condemnation. You know, condemnation is of the enemy. Condemnation will say, you're that way, you're bad, you'll always be bad, there's no way out, no hope, you'll always be that way. That's condemnation. Can I tell you, that does not come from God. That does not come from Jesus. The Bible says, therefore now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But the Holy Spirit will convict us, and conviction's actually good because it not only helps us know that we've done something wrong, it then points us to a way out points us to a way out. So if we find ourselves living in one tree out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then when that Holy Spirit in that moment, that encounter with Jesus, we find out not to live in guilt and shame because Jesus took that, but it'll point us then to a way out. So if you're in one tree, just get out of it. Climb down. Go and get in the other tree. It's okay. Don't worry about guilt and shame. You don't have to grovel and do all this stuff. Just ask God to forgive you and get back in. Listen, he loves you. He wants you living in the tree of life. And then let me give you the Last one here is do it every day. Make the choice every day. Choose what tree you're living in every single day. Every day. You wake up today, I'm living the tree of life today. I'm gonna connect with Jesus and let, him, let his life lead my life. I'm gonna be life-giving today. I hope, Lord, that you send people across my path that will see the fruit of you and then want what I have. I want to live out of the tree of life. That's what we believe that God has set us here for. And I'm not saying anybody else is not or what. I'm just a tree of life. You get me, right? That's the scripture. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. We believe in a life-giving relationship with Jesus, which will be reflected in the life we live, which will make others want him. Amen? And so we create environments as a church because it's easy. It's easy as an individual. It's easy as a church to slip into things that are just duty and not a delight. And that's not what God ever intended. So let's be mindful and watchful for those things. And that's why we need each other. That's why we connect. That's why we need to serve. That's why we need to get in groups, those things. Because then people, have you ever been like somewhere and it's like, wow, you got up on the wrong side of the bed today. <laughs> you know what they're really saying? I know what tree you're living in today. I know what tree you're eating the fruit of today. Grumpy cat, right? You're in the knowledge of good and evil and you're not in the tree of life. And there's other people that's like, dude, you're in the tree of life today. I'm gonna be around you. I wanna hang out here for a little while. Every day make that choice. 
I know this, God is a good and faithful God, and he has a great plan for your life. And it's been a great 37 years, but man, the best days lay ahead as we live in the tree of life. Amen? Amen, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.